Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents. Again, this is Deacon Tom Burke. We are here, and we're going to be talking about the Eucharist. But part of what I want to talk about is being all in. You know, Peter at the Last Supper said, I will die for you, right? And what does he do? He goes and denies him. But what did he do? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he had one sword, one man against a mob. And who did he, what did he do? He cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest, the first person there. And then Jesus cured him. And his name is mentioned in Scripture, that slave. So as my daughter said when she was seven, what did that slave think when he was cured? You know, we can be all in. We can have Jesus in it, but sometimes we're not going in the right direction. Jesus will correct us. So keep going to the Eucharist. Do you have to decide whether he gets the rudder of your boat? or you take the run of your boat. And that old song, that old, that old country song, Jesus take the wheel, it's never been more true. Stay all in, know that it's a journey. We'll get there. Listen to this program. It's on the Eucharist. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. And I am your host today, Peter Karutz. Uh, welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. I am on the radio live with Deacon Burke. Deacon, welcome again. Well, thank you, Peter. It's always great to be with you. So Deacon and I were talking about what we were going to talk about today, and uh, it's, it has evolved, to, to say the least. That's Can't... right. That's right. We started out talking, thinking we were going to talk about the Eucharist, and it's such a big topic that I, that I was hoping you'd let us talk about our Blessed Mother Mary, and how she brings us to the Eucharist and brings Jesus to us. we got to focus, right? That's we got to focus. So, uh, Deacon, as, I, as we always say, we start with a prayer. I think my good friend, um, uh, Father Augustine of Benedictine, says, all good works start with prayer. So would you mind starting us off with a prayer? That's excellent. And, we, and as we do everything, we should do it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, we have such such great anticipation of your son being with us in every aspect, and particularly in the Eucharist. We thank you for him, and we thank Jesus for the gift of his mother to us, who brings him to us in such, such, with, great, with such great gentleness. We ask that, that you come alive in us in the Eucharist, and that our understanding and desire for it be increased exponentially. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. With the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Deacon, before we get started, I, I will start right off with a digression, but it isn't a digression. You know, to, 
today is the, what, the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Absolutely. And there is the March for Life and the Walk for Life. So, and we know that abortion is, has, has taken 50, 60 million lives. But more importantly, where are we at today? Remember that our sin cannot overpower God's mercy. And in, in these days, where we're at least talking about this again. Let's, let's remind our, our brothers and sisters who have been touched by abortion, which is going to be nearly everybody, that God's mercy is there. He, he's dying to forgive us. He died to forgive us. So always remember that our hearts and minds are what needs to be changed now. The law is, will be whatever the law is in any kind of a state. Don't know our city. But what, what doesn't change is the, the guilt that we may be carrying around, the burden that we may be carrying around for years, if not decades, uh, run to the Lord. That's why he came. He came to unburden us of, of sin. Well, um, I, I'm so glad you said that. You know, despair, that, that D word is not of God. Yeah. Disillusionment is not of God. Uh, discouragement is not of God. None of that comes from God. It starts with a D, and so does a, the, the devil. And, and that's, if you're that's where it comes from. And if you're looking for forgiveness now, just remember you have to find a very holy man somewhere. You'll have to find somebody who's given up everything and who's living a life of celibacy. And you'll probably never. Of course, you're going to find this man. You know, just just go to any parish, and and seek out forgiveness. Seek out confession. Confession will unburden you. It's, it's a, so important to remember that they they don't remember our sins, and that he is in persona Christi. He is right. in fact when that red light is on. Christ is there, not sort of there, not kind of there, not in a in, a, in an actor's form, but actually there. And that's yeah. where I receive forgiveness on a regular basis. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So Great let's stuff. talk a little bit about are. Mary, shall we? Please. Huh? I, I, and the reason why I like to talk about Mary is because it's been such a personal way in my life that 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 Mary has brought me to Jesus in the Eucharist, and that and that and that. Uh, if I didn't have Mary bringing me in such a such a gentle and kind way and showing me a model for how I can approach Jesus in the Eucharist, I, it would not be the same for me. And and you know we know that that Mary is uh, Theotokos, God God bearer, and and she brought Jesus into the world, and her mission is not is not complete yet. Uh, her mission is not over. In fact, uh, Saint John Paul II said, "Mary guides the faithful to the Eucharist." And so I, I, I kind of like to ask you, Peter, as we start here today, you know, what's, what's your relationship with Mary and how that relates to the Eucharist? Do you have a sense for that? Uh, yeah, you know, I, you, you, I, we talked about miracles, right? And uh, uh, I, I remember when I was in third grade, my, my mom was very ill. You don't let children go to the hospital in those days. But my dad snuck me in and I asked my mom the question. I said, are you going to die? And she looks at me and she says, maybe, but remember, Our Lady is always your mom. Boy, this wrecked me. I mean, I was in bad shape. Wow. So I went to, I went, I remember going to Mass before I went to Catholic school. I remember just being terribly distraught. And at some point in time, I was in Mass. I don't even remember what was going on at that particular moment, but I just felt a wash, right? I, um, but before I did that, I remember negotiating with Our Lady, and I said, look, if you, you talk to Jesus and you, you make sure my mom lives, then I will buy you the biggest statue I can find, you know, that kind of thing. And at some point in time, I mean, I didn't hear a voice or anything, but I've just felt a wash, you know, in, 
in, in peace. And I, and I wasn't worried after that. So I've always had a really, really close relationship with Our Lady. Well, I'm so glad that, that I have you here then because, because I, I, I want you to open your mind to, to, that, to that little girl, you know, that little girl who, who heard Gabriel come. Mm-hmm. You know, and Gabriel comes to her and, and throughout, the, throughout the entire Bible, even into the New Testament, when an angel appears, what happens? You know, Peter hits the ground. Everybody goes face first. And that, that's with some great reason, uh, for a, two good reasons. One is that the great power of the angel. And the second is, is it's clearly thought that if you see the face of God, you'll die. Okay, even that's why Moses was mailed, was was veiled. So, but think about how Mary, how she was approached by this angel, and then she she openly received. That's a key word here. She openly received the word of God from the angel. She received it with wonder and curiosity even with a little bit of trouble. It says she was troubled at what was said, but she received it with great anticipation because with it came a power and promise. So with it came a power and promise. So let's, let's stop for just a second and say, wow, with wonder, curiosity, somewhat trouble and a little power and promise, is that's, that's how Jesus was brought to Mary, and that's how Mary brings us to the Eucharist. So is that a good thing? Is it a good thing to to, to approach the Eucharist in that way? In wonder and awe and power and promise? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, It's it's easy to do the other thing, right? Uh, It's it's easy to to come to church and uh, not think about it ahead of time uh, and then receive it with casualness and ordinariness and... uh, and and in a sense of unworthiness that prevents us to be open to it, you know, as much as as, as Mary would have felt that way as a young Jewish girl with 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 no comprehension of of this was coming or what it really means, she went ahead and received it in a different way and not with fear. And I think there's an underlying thing here: God helped her receive it that way because she was open to receive that way. So, you know, Mary's our model. She's our pathway. We, we, can, we can come and receive the Eucharist honestly, with curiosity, wondering what it means for us to um, receive. How, how would it be different? And I'm not suggesting it's different for you, but how would it be different if before I came to Mass, before I come to Mass, I come with anticipation of the power and the promise of an encounter with Christ. You know, Lord, I come to you with a great anticipation of the power and promise of receiving you. As, as we know, and just as a little bit of background in, in theology, which I do not have as great a background as, I, as I'd like, but having said that, we all know that we come to Mass, that the Last Supper is made present to us. We don't celebrate it again. It's not leftovers. It's not something that, 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 we, that we reenact. It's none of that. It's made present to us. The passion of our Lord is made present. We are there with the apostles. We are there with Mary at the foot of the cross. But so by her, her fiat, you know, we talk about her fiat, her, her willingness to say, let it be done to me according to your word. She was the first to say, I want this in me. I want the incarnation in me. And so... 
So we come to mass just like just like her, right? We, mm-hmm. we, she, it was nothing she did before this happened, right? right? There's nothing nothing anywhere in the Bible that said that this is all the great things she did, and this is all the you know all the the wonderful things she did, but yet she still received totally. And how did it change her? How did it change her? She goes to Elizabeth, and I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves, but, she, but think about this. As, as, you, as we come to the Eucharist at Mass, could we have that same joy? As we say the glory, and we glory in God in the highest, we say the glory right before we start the Mass. And could we come with that same thought in our hearts and our minds to say, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My mm. spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. That's the first part of the Magnificat. And that's, what, that's what's happening at every Mass. You know, that's, that's really cool. And at every Mass, as you said, time, time folds in on itself. Um, I had a partner of mine who said, well, you, you re-sacrifice Jesus every, every day. Every, and I said, well, no. It, it's very Jewish. When they celebrate the Passover, they're saying, we're making it present again. We're coming. We're, time is folding in on itself. Yeah, and when that's we, great. Making it present again. Making Make it, it present again. again. Yeah. Fully, so when I, when I watch the consecration, or I say experience the consecration, it is sort of like time stops. I, I, I feel, I, I know I'm filled, I'm, I'm in a church filled with other people, right? But I don't, I don't sense those other people. I, I'm watching the consecration. I'm watching our, um, the priest when he says those words. And I don't want to blink because I know at some moment I'm looking at bread and then the next moment I'm looking at my Lord. So it, it, it is time folding in on itself. It, time kind of goes slowly at that point in time. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. You know, that, that, I'm so glad you said that because even, even if we had not been uh, an understanding of what the Eucharist is, that it is the, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, even if we didn't know that, we as people know that there's times in our lives when time does stand still. Sure it does. There's times in our lives when things do go slowly. There's times in our life when things, even in the ordinary course of life, are imprinted on our hearts. And you know, I'd like to I'd like to move a little farther with Mary because because the incarnation of Christ now Christ is in her, the incarnate God comes. That's the incarnation, God with us, you know, Emmanuel. That happens. It's with her. So what what's her response? You know, what's her response after receiving after receiving Jesus? Where's the next place she goes? She goes to help her cousin. Right. So so what happens when she receives Jesus? She acts in faith. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? She acts in faith. It, it, when, after Jesus was baptized, it says the Holy Spirit led him into the de- desert. What was leading what was leading Mary? What was leading Mary to Elizabeth, I believe, is that is that she was drawn to Elizabeth because she wanted to take Jesus to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She wanted to help Elizabeth, okay? And so, so she acted in faith. What, what is faith? What's a great definition of faith? A great definition of faith is this, action. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the apostles turned to Jesus and they said, increase our faith. That could be, a, that could be something each one of us could say. That's increase right. Increase our faith. And what did Jesus say? 
He says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, say to this mountain, move, and it will be moved. That's he, a huge action. action. Huge yeah. action. So it's all, for, for, for Jesus, faith is action. Mm-hmm. And for us, with Jesus in us, faith is action. It is. Isn't and this neat? is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host today, Peter Karutz, and we're live in studio with Deacon Burke. So I like, I've got to test you. And okay, I'm sorry, I here didn't we are. Tell you about no, please. That's all right. I hope all I right. get a passing grade. I'm sure you will. So Mary comes in and greets Elizabeth. Okay, I'm still I'm still trying to walk and get myself alongside Mary to get myself ready in this amazement and promise of power, and and she greets Elizabeth. And what does Elizabeth say? Elizabeth says the reality that only she knew, and she says, "Why is it that my Lord, uh, the the um, well, first off, she says that the babe leapt in my womb." So. John the Baptist is the first to really recognize Jesus' presence. And, and then Elizabeth, say, saying that, uh, recognizes Jesus' presence. What is, why am I worthy that, or what did I do to be worthy that the mother of my Lord would yeah. come to me? Yeah. How is it that the mother of my Lord yeah. should come to me? Yeah. And, and How did she know that? Yeah, she could only know that because of the presence of Christ. Right. She's that that she's that clear. And with Mary, we can come, right? We can come the same way. Elizabeth has a distinct feeling that, that because she's in the presence of the Lord, that she, she's unworthy of this, but she doesn't run away. Mm-hmm. She accepts freely. And so she's, she's accepted what Mary's accepted. Mary accepted Jesus, and she's accepted Jesus. But she's, she's awash. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm saying. There's, this is an encounter with the Lord. Here's her cousin coming to see her, which is not the most unusual thing in the world, Right. But when Jesus is present, she is overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed inside and out. Her babe is overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed. And, and, and she feels his presence just by her words. It's clear that she, uh, she, she's been given uh, this word by divine revelation. There's no other explanation. And if Elizabeth was here with us sitting around this table and we said, what, is it, what does Jesus mean? What does Jesus mean when, when he turned the apostles and said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, then you'd say to this mountain move, she'd say, I already felt that mountain move. That's right. Yeah. I already experienced that yeah. mountain move. And that's what Jesus offers us at every single solitary mass. And it offers us in the Eucharist. Now, let me ask you a question. And I know this is kind of a, maybe ironical, but, but uh, when did, when did, uh, when did, when did it start? When did when did delivering the Eucharist to the homebound start? I don't know. It started with Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> I guess it did, didn't it? <laughs> Elizabeth is, is, is homebound. Yeah, right? she's she's a, a, a woman of advanced years. Right, and she's scared to move around. I at all. bet if if she if she she has people trying to attend to her, Mary's even going to help out with this, presumably. And so she is, in in fact, Mary is the first person who delivers the Eucharist to the homebound. She brought Jesus to Elizabeth, and of course, that's the action we do in faith. You know, see, I'm so. so I'd like to share with you how, what that what that means for me. You know, as you know. Uh, 
a deacon, and people can be extraordinary ministers of, of the Eucharist, and a deacon is blessed to be an ordinary, ordinary minister, minister of the Eucharist. Yeah. So I'm, this is like in the last month, and, and I, I, wasn't contemplating, I wasn't contemplating Mary at the time. I'm contemplating the Mass. I'm, I'm, I'm only a few feet away from the consecration, and, and uh, the, the Lord had been consecrated by the gift of the Holy Spirit into the Eucharist. And at that moment, the Lord told me four words. The Lord gave me four words, as if we're just talking here now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's not something that's real usual for me, but I'm not right. surprised for it, sure. because we are the sons and daughters of God. That's right. And so uh, would you like to know what those four please, words are? Please, please. He said to me, I am your salvation. Now, you might say, well, duh, you know, uh, he is our salvation, Right. But in the context of the Eucharist, where, where, where he says in John 6, where if you do not eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life within you. He's talking about life now and life in the future. In that context, in the, in the, in the, in the presence of the priest in the Mass, he says to me, I am your salvation. So then, as an ordinary minister, I'm handing out the Eucharist. And it's almost all I can say I'm saying to people, offering them the body of God and saying, the body of Christ. It's almost like uh, all I can think is was saying, this is your salvation. This mm-hmm. is your salvation. Yeah, this yeah. is your salvation. How would it be different? How would it be different if, if today was my last day uh, and the Eucharist I received today will be my last? Yeah. And I know then at that moment this is my salvation. Yeah. Isn't that neat? Oh, it's wonderful. That was a wonderful gift God gave me, and I couldn't just hold on to it. I have to give it to you. So now you got it. Okay? And, and I got to tell you, I, I can tell you from the other end of it, when my mom was in her 80s and the Eucharist was delivered to her in her home, it was, I, I can't express to you what a joy it was for her, what a highlight it was for her, what a, it, it meant the world to her because she was a homebound, but that that uh, that kindness of, of that you extend and other extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist extend to the homebound, you probably can't imagine what that really means to them. Well, well, let me tell you, if I if I had heard that years ago before I would ever even thought God wanted me to be a deacon, I would have raced to the church, found a priest said, you need to enter me into the ministry of the Holy Eucharist so I can be an extraordinary minister. I, I, even if it's not to the homebound, I, I know what this is, and I know what it means to, 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 to be part of giving it to somebody else. And so that's what we're talking about. You know, Mary's a part of bringing the Eucharist to us. And if we come in the same way that she received it and, to, and, and carry it out the same way she carried it out, she, she then becomes our model for receiving. And what is that model? The model of consent. You know, the model of consent. There's, if, if I come to the Eucharist, and, 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 I'm, and I'd like to say that, that I've always come to the Eucharist as Mary, but I can't. But if I come to the Eucharist now with that full consent, that full consent of Mary, she becomes our model for consent. Now, people might object to me. They might say, Deacon, Deacon Burke, your theology is skewed. You just don't understand how this is. Jesus is the model for consent. Jesus is the one in the Garden of Gethsemane that said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Remove this chalice from me, yet not what I will, will but what you will. That's right out of, out of Mark 
1436. And I would not disagree with them as a, as a great model for our consent to God's will, Jesus is. But in a particular special way, I'd like you to walk with me and see how Mary is such a great model for us. Why? Well, Mary scares the living daylights out of the devil. Mary shivers in, in fearful trembling amongst the devil. She is the one who's been given the, the grace and authority to crush the head of the serpent. And why does she scare the devil so much? And why can we have so much confidence in sharing and mimicking her consent? It's because, you know, it'd be one thing to be overcome by the Son of God. And um, St. Louis de Montfort kind of talks about this in his books. But it's one thing for the devil to be overcome by God and by the Son of God. But the, the devil is crushed by a small Jewish girl with no huge theological background, who, who has no power whatsoever in herself, who says, May it be, let it be done to me according to your word. You know, that, that, Huge consent. That is, that is her idea of giving herself over. And yet that shows us how can we then be like Mary? You know, she, she goes with Jesus to the temple as a little baby. Mm -hmm. And she's got Joseph there. Now, what's the responsibility of parents? Protect your children, right? Love your children, protect your children, and raise your children. And she, Simeon takes this child in his arms. And amongst other things, he turns to Mary and says, he says, and you, a sword will pierce through your own soul, also that thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. I can tell you a lot of people at that point saying, my job is to protect myself and to protect this child. Run away, mm -hmm. okay? If you believe what he says, this, this elderly man who's prayed every day for many, many years in the temple, if you believe what he says, run away. And we have the same option, unfortunately, don't we? Or fortunately, we can give our consent, and that consent is our love. But she didn't run away. She didn't have any GPS. She, she didn't have any roadmap. She didn't have any horoscopes to consult. I guess she could have. She wouldn't have. But, but, so what I'm saying is her consent is our model because we don't have that. We have the trust in the, in the, in the path of Christ, right? But... But how that's going to unfold for us is a little different than for Jesus. In the last days, he knew. He knew what was going to happen. He could turn to God and say, I, I totally give myself over to you. I know what my mission is. Out of our baptism, we get a mission. So we can do that same thing. But in a unique way, Mary shows us what that's going to be. So my suggestion for 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 you and I think I'm going to start doing this more and more uh, before mass. <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to ask Mary to help me. I'm going to ask Mary to to help me to to trust and to come to Jesus with that awe and faith. And so that we can say in in, in all contrition, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So how would that be different? I know, you, I know you're a faithful man, and you, you come, and I don't know exactly how you prepare for Mass. I'd, I'd, I'd love to know. Do you, do, we, we, we can't, because of our schedules and how life is, we, we can't always spend 
uh, time, but it only takes a couple moments to go to that spot where Mary listened to Gabriel. It only takes a couple moments to give our fiat and then receive totally Jesus. What's that like for you, Peter? <clears throat> well, um, I, I'd like to say I got to Mass 15 minutes ahead of time and um, get well prepared, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people you point your finger at and say, oh, he's coming in at the last minute. But I'll, I will say this one. I'm preparing for the Eucharist. I get real quiet. I always, I always say an act of contrition because um, I do feel so unworthy. Uh, and likely sometimes I am unworthy and sometimes need to sit back down. Uh, but it's a quiet time for me. It's a very quiet, quiet time. Um, and I hear some music, so it's going to get not so quiet in a minute. We're going to have just a short break. It's two minutes. And this is your opportunity to go and tell a few people that we're encountering Jesus here in this hour. And we're talking about the Eucharist through Mary. So do me a favor tap a friend on the shoulder, call him up on the phone, give him a text, and say, come on back, tune us in, and join while we're talking about our encounter with Jesus through the Eucharist, through Mary. Hi, this is Matt Logeman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and 7 medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E-R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and I'm in <clears throat> studio live with Deacon Tom Burke. Uh, Deacon, before we get back to the Eucharist, I have a number of announcements to make and things that are going on here in Archdi Archdiocese. We are a busy Archdiocese, let me tell you. Praise be to God. I'm telling you, and we got lots of stuff going on. Let me tell you about some of them. So if you have some notes, if you're not driving, please take, take a note or two. First off, coming up. Uh, on the 22nd through the 25th at St. Gerard Magella Catholic Church. Great parish, by the way, Gerard Magella. Father Anthony is going to present um, the 
spiritual life on, uh, it's, he calls it building a spiritual life on a solid foundation, rolling up our sleeves with Jesus. Whose side are you on anyway? Discerning the different spirits motivating us, loving us with the very strength of God. So it's the 22nd through the 25th. It's at 7.30 p.m. at St. Gerard Magellan, fine young priest. You're going to love it. Uh, that's, that's number one. Let me give you another one. So this is at St. Cletus on February 4th. That's Saturday, February 4th. It's at uh, 9 a.m. It starts out with Mass at uh, 8, and then Rosary, and then we have 9 a.m. And what it is, is uh, a talk on faith and science. Faith and science. Remember what John Paul said, faith and reason. It's like two wings of a dove. And Sean Mueller, Miller who's been on the radio with us many, many times, is going to do the talk. He is absolutely fantastic. It's going to be like drinking from a fire hose. Uh, uh, you got to go. So that's uh, 9 a.m. at St. Cletus. Uh, that's in St. Charles and Zumbeld Road. Look, look it up on the internet. You'll find it. Faith and science. Great stuff. Then on February 11th, we have the Catholic Man of the Year. It's a little bit early this year, Catholic Man of the Year. So if you would like tickets, please uh, contact us, uh, 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000. More importantly, we need, uh, we need the nominations. So if you want an application, you know a good man to be nominated, call us at 636-446000. We'll get one out to you. Now, look, if you know someone and you ask him, he'll say, I don't want to be nominated. Now you can check off the first box. All right, he's probably qualified. So let's do it. Don't, don't forget. Uh, and then uh, also on um, February 11th, there's a Eucharistic event at Immaculate Conception in Dardine. And that starts with 8 a.m. Mass and carries on with a number of different speakers. On February 18th, I, uh, <laughs> I hope you're taking notes. February 18th is the Catholic Men for Christ Conference. I think it's the 14th or 15th annual. I've gone every year. It's a, it's a great half a day. Uh, you know, sometimes we men need permission. Uh, I know when, my, when, I, when I heard about the first one, I, my wife said, you know, you ought to go. And I said, uh, I know, but, you know, I, I traveled all the time. I'm, I'm away from home a lot. And Saturday's my day with my girls. And and my wife said, no, that's all right. I'll cover you. I'll go. So let me tell you, wives, mothers, sisters, girlfriends, tell the men in your life, you deserve to have the half a day. Go to Catholic uh, Men for Christ on the internet. It's on February 18th. It's a day you won't forget. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Hector Molina is going to be there speaking, a number of other people. It's a wonderful day. There's an opportunity for confession. There'll be mass. And it's uh, something you'll go to every year. Deacon, is there anything else we should tell people about? I'd like to say one more thing, if you don't mind. And those people who are, who are getting writer's cramp writing down what you <laughs> talked about may, may, not have to, may not have to write anything down about this. Uh, 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 tomorrow at 3.30 at, at uh, St. Joseph's Church in Cottleville, at 3.30 we'll be doing a benediction and a holy hour. This is, uh, this is for uh, respect life. To respect life, especially in, in light of uh, the Dobbs decision, uh, setting aside uh, the, the universal uh, uh, acceptance of, of uh, abortion in our country, and yet the fight is, is even, even, even getting more intense. And what do I mean by that? Just, uh, just across the way over in Carbondale where three, where three uh, uh, states kind of come together, they've opened up two new abortion clinics. Why? Because 
They can't do that here in the state of Missouri. And, and, and companies, I hate to say it, companies are providing in their HSAs ways for people to uh, go, travel to other states for abortions and even giving them money, reimbursing their HSAs in part to allow them to go to other states for it. So, so for those of us who might have hoped that, it would, that the fight was over, what we discovered is that the, that the other side, the side that believes in, in, in death of human life, uh, has ramped it up, and we need to ramp up our prayers, too. So by doing that, we can go to St. Joseph's in Cottleville uh, tomorrow at 3.30 in the afternoon. It's a big enough church to accommodate anybody who comes there, and that they, can social, they can distance from each other if they want, but there'll be a benediction. And I kind of like to get to that in the next part of what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about Mary as our model, our model to, to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, that, that through Mary we receive him. So I, I guess my question is, are you, are you willing to are you willing to let Mary lead you to the Last Supper and the foot of the cross? I will tell you right now that that I'm not so sure that I could stay in that room in the Last Supper thinking about Jesus dying, my my dear friend, and and I'm not so sure that that that, that bread wouldn't get caught in my throat even with the wine. And I'm and I, I will tell you that I that as much as we like to think that we might be at the foot of the cross with John, the only uh, apostle or disciple that was there, that unfortunately I might have to admit that maybe I'd be out with Peter somewhere, crying over how I had I had betrayed our Lord. But Mary doesn't. Mar- Mary doesn't. She says, "I will bring you. I w- I will bring you to the foot of the cross. I will bring you to Jesus, and I will be with there with you there. And if it's okay with you, I." Peter, if you if you'd let me, I'll, I'll share with you a, a a story, a vision I got uh, that has kind of set the stage for me receiving Jesus. Can I please? Can I oh that? yes, please. So, so there it was. A you know, it's got to be 15 years ago now. Uh, I come back to the church, and I thought it was a good idea, and I actually went to confession after many years, and so I'm in I'm in church, uh, and I went to confession at St. Joseph's in Cottleville, and. And I, I probably wore the priest out in the confessional, but they were so good about it. And I'm sitting there kneeling before 5 o'clock Mass, so it's Saturday Reconciliation. And I'm, I'm kind of minding my own business, but what's on my heart is how much I'd sinned in my life and how, and, and without convicting myself, I felt how unworthy to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, how, how, how what a great gift that was, and who am I? Almost like Elizabeth, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Which she's really saying, who am I that the Lord should come to me? And at that very moment, at that very moment, I received a vision, and in the vision, the Blessed Mother was there, and I remember her distinctly and what she was wearing and, and, and how she looked, and she pulled the curtain back, and when she pulled the curtain back, it was just like sheer curtains, um, there before me was Christ on the cross, and she said words that I'll never forget. She said, go to him. And and I and I did in the same in that in that same vision that same moment with tears in my eyes just sitting there I remember exactly the same pew I was in right, even today and 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 I knelt down before the cross, and and reached up and touched the nail. Touched the nail that pinned his feet to that cross, and 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 in this vision he was. He, he was uh, deceased, and I felt the weight of my sins but the weight of what he had taken from me. And it's in that atmosphere 
where we come, for me anyway, and I hope other people might share the same feeling. It's in that same atmosphere that we come to, to the Mass where the passion is made present to us. We, we, call, we have an opportunity with Mary at our side, and she definitely was in this vision, was at my side. With Mary at our side, we can, we can be there with John, the, the apostle, and, 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 and look, on the, look on the face of Jesus and appreciate how much he wanted us to be with him. So I have to ask you a question. Yes. <clears throat> you know, we talk about the incarnation. The incarnation is God with us, right? Right. The, the, the word Emmanuel. of God. Emmanuel with us. So when did that end? Didn't end. What do you mean? Right, wait a second, wait a second. I, I'm going to play along with you, but I, I'm not so sure I understand you. Wait, Jesus came. He was incarnated in the flesh. He walked around for 33 years, roughly. He died. I appreciate the fact that he rose from the dead. But then he, in the flesh, he wasn't here anymore. He went to heaven. Isn't that what our Protestant brothers and sisters believe? Uh, maybe, maybe they do. But when, when, in, when he went to heaven, uh, right before the Great Commission, he says, I will be with you even until the end of the age. And uh, when, when we have our Lord here in the Eucharist, he is really here. It is really him. He is with us. And he's with us everywhere. You think about where the Eucharist is. When, when, when there's a consecration every hour, every minute almost, all around the world. He's constantly and continuously present to us and with us. Good answer. <laughs> C plus. <laughs> yeah, but isn't, isn't that, uh, if, we, if we really thought about that, that, he, that, that, I mean, think, he loves us so much. And, you know, Joseph, I, I, this, is, this is, may not be theologically correct, but it's just on my heart that, you, you know, Joseph, uh, Joseph, the, the, the foster father of Jesus passed away before his, before mm. his mission was commenced. Mm. And his mission was kind of, his mission was over. And, th- and God, thank be to God for that. Mary's continued. Mm-hmm. Mary's continued through, through Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, continued in the upper room at Pentecost, and it continues now. In fact, the priest says, in communion with those who memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In the same breath at Mass, we recognize that that's going to happen. You know, and Jesus, uh, we, we also know that, that we have an example in Mary in another way. Remember, it says at one point, actually in a couple points, uh, in Luke's Gospel, it says, Mary pondered all this in her heart. Yeah, right. Okay? Mary pondered all this in her heart. So, I want to offer to everyone something that is that that is so underappreciated and underused, and that is Jesus in the Adoration Chapel. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you say, well, I, I received Jesus on I received Jesus on Sunday, and and for those of us who, are, who have the ability to go, maybe another time during the week or or all the rest of the week, what a great get, benefit that is. And and Jesus doesn't wear off; we just kind of wear off Jesus, unfortunately. Uh, but. We get to come to Jesus, and after receiving him even in Mass, we can say, well, what is my mission, Lord? What is on your heart for me today? I anticipate that he will speak to me, and he does. 
And it's not because I'm some holy deacon. I mean, if my family was listening, they'd start laughing if I said anything like that. But rather just the opposite. I know from whence I came, and I know from where I am. And I live the life of the redeemed, as we all do. Mm -hmm. And yet I get to go to him in the adoration chapel. I mean, they're all over the place, and we can. Have, some are perpetual, and, and, some, and most of them should be. And, and, and we can say to Jesus in that adoration chapel, let me possess you and possess me like Mary. Tell me what you want me to do. Let me feel your presence, Lord. You know, St. Alphonsus Liguori spent many hours in front of the, in front of the monstrance, and, and, he, and one of his friends said, St. Alphonsus, why do you keep staring at the, at the monstrance? And you know what he said? Hmm. He's looking at me. <laughs> I wish I could do that in an Italian accent. <laughs> and but, remember, you know, maybe it's something we could encourage people to do. That most churches are open all the time. It, it, it just, just take a minute. Stop in and say hi. Even if they don't have an adoration chapel, go in, spend 10 minutes, say hello to our Lord. You know, if we knew this and we lived this, there would be no adoration chapels. I know it sounds like a, a, a silly thing to say, but if we knew this, we lived this, there would be no adoration chapels. And the reason why was there would be perpetual benedictions right. open in the whole church. Sure. And you'd have to take a number to right. get in. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I say, your number's up, Peter. Your number's up. My number's up, too. Mm -hmm. it, it, he is so present and so available. You know, uh, there's other religions in the world where you might have to climb a mountain in Tibet to encounter God. Right. And, and, and if that's the way you feel about it, then, then you're, you haven't accepted your sonship. We don't have to climb a mountain of God. We are sons and daughters of God, and we have access to him. We have access to him to say, Abba, Father. And it's not because of what we did. It's because of what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And he says, just like you've revealed to us today, the incarnation isn't over. So if Jesus is really here, if Jesus is really here, then why aren't we present to him? If he's really present to us, don't we have an opportunity to be present to us? You know, reveal to me, Jesus, who I am to you in adoration. Reveal to me, Jesus, what you want me to do. You know, Mary and Jesus are one. At the consecration, Mary is there. In the incarnation, isn't the end of Jesus on the cross. And, and, and I would invite anyone here to say that, to say, you're, you're here with me, Jesus. I'm always going to be with you, Jesus. Be with me. And as you said before, he said, and behold, I am with you always to the close of the age. Jesus is not a liar. That's right. You know, he's not a liar. Uh, so we get to be with him. We get to be with him. So I'd, I'd also like to, 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 to kind of segue to something we don't hear much about. Okay. You know, we don't hear much about, about, about the Eucharist and how it relates to that, that interesting time uh, after Jesus rose and he's making breakfast. Uh -huh. Do you remember when he's on the shore of Galilee making breakfast? I do. Tell me about that. Well, the, the, the uh, apostles are out fishing again and um, the man on the shore says, throw your nets in. It just reminds me that for such good fishermen, they never caught any fish unless Jesus told them to throw in their nets. <laughs> And then he, they come to shore and they realize it's the Lord. And when they come to shore, Jesus has already caught the fish, I guess, and he's making breakfast for him. And so he's serving he, them. He sees Peter, yeah. and he says, 
he says, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, I love you. And he says, okay, feed my sheep. Yeah. And then he says, do you love me? And he says, tend my sheep. And then he's, he, he, excuse me, he says, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. He thought it was that important to recommission Peter, and Peter needed that, of course, to recommission Peter to do what? He didn't say, preach my gospel, which is a wonderful thing, and I'm not trying to discount that because it really comes into our hearts when we receive the Eucharist. Do not guess that when you receive the Eucharist, you will not be seeing other, receive other words of God. But, but what did Peter do? He jumped out of the boat, lightly clad. He was the, close to the shore. He didn't even wait to get to the shore like the other disciples who were with him. So he comes with his fiat mm-hmm. to Jesus. He comes docile. Let it be done to me according to your word. He comes open to the place for Jesus is. And he comes seeking to be sinless. See, in that forgiveness that Jesus did, it was almost like the first sacrament of reconciliation for Peter in a, in a way. And he, and he was able to reconcile with God. So I, I would submit to you that if you want to receive Jesus the way Mary received her, who was sinless, then we have to go the same route. Yeah. So how, we, how, how would we do that in the Catholic Church, Peter? Uh, well, for one, we should probably do it every night. You know, a, a good examination of conscience every night keeps us uh, grounded, if you will. Um, we can say an act of contrition anytime or even a quick, I'm, I'm sorry, right? I think the best thing we can do when we, are, we have sinned or we are contemplating sin is to ask our Lord's forgiveness. But uh, more importantly, I think the best way to do it is to go to confession. And, <clears throat> and, and you can go anytime, literally anytime. Go to confession. It's a great, great gift. So I, I, I'm so glad you said that because the, the act of going to the reconciliation is, a, is an act of faith, right? Mm-hmm. It's an act of humility and docility. And this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and this is Deacon Tom Burke. I squeezed that in, didn't I? <laughs> okay, sorry about I'm that. I'm sorry, I got carried no, away. No, I missed it. Thank you, Peter. But see, that, that sacrament of reconciliation really has been so important to me. And, and I've already shared with you the vision that I had, but, but it, it's, just the, it's just the foundation, that humility. And so how can we walk with Mary unless we share that humility in her fiat? And if we do, it, it becomes open to us. I, I, I would be remiss if, uh, if I didn't tell one last story. Please. So... Uh, this is not me. This is a deacon, and, he, and he's talking to second graders. And, and we haven't even gotten into the theology of transubstantiation mm-hmm, and all that good yeah. stuff. That was not—we didn't have time for that today. That'll be another day. But so, so he's talking to second graders, and he says, he says this is a simple question that I'd like to ask you. Maybe you got the answer. Are you smarter than a second grader? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, are you, uh, so, so this is what he said. How did Jesus get into the Eucharist? How did Jesus get into the Eucharist? Uh, I don't know what the second grader would say, but uh, we're, we're talking about the creator of the world, the, the, the God who created everything out of literally nothing, ex nihilo. Uh, how did God get into the Eucharist? God said so by his word. He said, this is my body. And if God says it, it is. When God's word is said, it becomes a reality. 
I, I love that answer. That's a great answer. You easily did almost as good as this little girl in second grade. <laughs> Let's see. So because so, the deacon said to himself when he related the story, this, this little girl raised her hand, her Lucy, and he thought, oh, good, this has got to be great. And, and, and he's thinking, well, what has the teacher told them? And then, then, he's, then he realizes that he knows, he knows this class, right? He knows Lucy's not the smartest girl in the class, mm. doesn't really talk that much or offer anything. But so it's because of her enthusiasm, he couldn't help himself. So he said, okay, Lucy, how does Jesus get into the Eucharist? And then she said, almost breathlessly, she said, he loves himself into it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Very, very pithy, very true. Yeah. And so, and so what you said was absolutely true. I love it. I love it. I love it. But, I like the second grader but, better. But for me, just, just, just to understand it at, at, on, on an interior level, that's how – if he loved me that much to die for me on the cross, which yeah. I have difficulty getting my hand around absolutely. it when I – but only when I contemplate my own sins that he forgave do I appreciate it. That, it, that, that then when I contemplate those sins, I come to reconciliation, and then I, I realize that he loved himself into it. And then when, when I receive the Eucharist, he loves himself into me, yeah. and I'm able to love myself into others yeah. because then I get to be like, like Mary. Mary yeah. the first, bring bring the first, Jesus to others. The first uh, oh, that was good. minister of the Eucharist of the homebound. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's just a, a little story, you know, and, and, and people say, well, I, I still have difficulty believing, and I have difficulty believing that Jesus is really present. What would you say to somebody like that? I, I would say that uh, I can imagine uh, a unicorn. I might even dream with a unicorn. I can imagine Sasquatch. I might even have a dream with Sasquatch or a nightmare, right? But Sasquatch is not very real. But uh, we know that, that God can do anything. And if God says something, it is true. If we believe in God, maybe that's the first fundamental step. Do we believe in God? Yes. Do we believe he created everything? Yes. Can he do all things? Yes. Look, Eucharist, God present in the Eucharist, is an incredible, unbelievable, sometimes some might say, uh, miracle. Fine. So's creating the whole world. So's, so's creating the whole world. When our Lord said, see, people saw. When he said, stand up, they were, and they were lame, they were cured. When our Lord said at the Last Supper, this is my body, and then he commanded the apostles to do it. He said so. If Jesus says so, good enough for me. That, that, that's a great answer. I, I love that answer. Uh, but let me say this: that I'm I'm more simple than you are in that regard. I don't I don't quite understand all that stuff, but of the theology stuff. But I do know one thing, mm. and I and I want you to everyone mm. to know that that hears this: if you're not sure that he's present in the Eucharist, ask him. <laughs> Good. Oh, perfect. Just ask him. And be careful what you pray for. You're going to get no, it. No, no. Don't be Seriously. careful. No, be no. In do it. Absolutely. Do ask it. Do it. Well, that hour flew by. I have about 35 other things that I wanted to talk about. But you know what? It's that time for... Uh, we, we can do that another day. So I will leave you with some words of wisdom that my mother, who had passed away many years ago, was told by her grandmother. She said, when you go to receive the Eucharist, Savor that time when you have our Lord right there on your tongue. 
It's just you and him. He came for you as if you were the only person in the world. And this is your incredible time to just speak to him. Tell him anything you want. You're his child. He's listening. As you said, Deacon, you have access. And two, you're in communion with everybody in the world. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.